0: Hello, and welcome to In the Kitchen with Brett Thorne, a podcast by Restaurant Hospitality. I'm your host, Senior Food and Beverage Editor, Brett Thorne. I have two guests on my podcast this week, Troy Gard, the Denver-based restaurateur who has been on this podcast before, and Rocco DiSpirito, who I haven't spoken to in years and years. I met them both around the turn of the century when Troy was cooking at Roy's in the World Financial Center here in New York City. And Rocco was just about the hottest chef in the country, cooking at Union Pacific, also in New York. Their careers took different paths. Choi bounced around a bit, was briefly working for Richard Sandoval, which I think is how he ended up in Denver, cooking for Zango Restaurant. And now he has a bunch of his own restaurants in that city. Rocco went a different route. People Magazine named him the sexiest chef alive, I still remember, with great fondness, his open shirt and oiled-up chest in the magazine. And he went on to be a star, I guess, of maybe the first reality TV show centered around a restaurant. I was actually there, on the set of the reality TV restaurant, for Family and Friends Night. It seemed fine. Our server was Gideon who dramatically injured his elbow at one point on the show, if I remember correctly, which I probably don't because it was around 20 years ago, and Rocco seemed excited and kind of nervous. This was all very new stuff. Reality TV itself was pretty new, and certainly no one in that arena had shown any interest in restaurants yet. So I don't think any of us realized that the point of reality TV was to humiliate people. I was at Family and Friends night with a producer from one of the morning shows here in New York. She invited me as her guest, and we were careful not to gossip or say anything imprudent for fear that our dirty laundry would be broadcast nationally. But of course we were completely safe. We, we had no idea what a colossal jackass you needed to act like if you were going to get any airtime. Rocco got plenty of airtime, and of course it didn't make him look great, because that was the whole idea. In many ways, he took a bullet for future chefs who would have to decide whether to appear on TV or not. But he's doing fine. Rocco DiSpirito has many irons in the fire, and he and Troy Guard are doing a couple of very nice dinners to raise money for two charities, We Don't Waste, which seeks to relieve hunger and reduce food waste in the Denver area, and the Boulder Community Foundation to provide relief were the victims of the Marshall Fire in Boulder that devastated that county at the beginning of the year. And now, here are Rocco Spirito and Troy Guard. We're just hanging out, having a conversation with Troy Guard and Rocco DeSpirito. How you two doing?
1: Fabulous. What's
0: up? Oh, Rocco, I haven't spoken to you in quite a while.
1: It's been yeah, too long.
0: I was remembering that I was at Union Pacific's fifth anniversary party, which was on September 10th, 2001.
2: I remember that very well, yeah. A
0: a day that will not be held in infamy, thank goodness. Yeah. Next day wasn't great.
2: That night started out well.
0: Yes, it did. (laughs) And what are you up to these days, Rocco? We'll, We'll get to the dinner in a second, but first, let's catch up. What are you up to? Uh.
2: A lot of the same stuff you know write, writing another book uh, doing uh, some food network tv consulting here and there what's the book it's called uh at home it's a book, collection of home recipes it'll be you know just like sort of my go-to favorite favorite dishes to eat at home when, when i'm relaxed chilling and not you know cooking professionally
0: I hear that chefs often, when they cook at home,
2: make like cereal and stuff. And stuff like... <laughs> yeah, there's that. I haven't eaten cereal in so long. I I guess I used to eat cereal a lot, but I haven't eaten cereal in a really long time, buddy. Uh, I gave that up with, with uh, all the other heavy, uh, you know, high sugar dishes, high sugar foods.
0: Yeah, you've been back. on on something of a
2: trying, trying to stick on a stay, stay on a healthy diet. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you've been doing that for a while, right? You when was the first like yeah, it's, healthy book that you it's came? It's uh, out f- you know, going on fifteen years more. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand six you... was my first healthy book and my first triathlon. Nice. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I, I joined a gym in September and I feel great. Uh, <laughs> and as far as that's I'm con- as far as I'm concerned, I look great and that's really all, yeah. that, matters. That, well, I all
2: feel. that matters. That is all that matters. How does the gym feel?
0: I love it. It's the highlight of my day. <laughs> so much fun. Are you um, being
2: facetious or serious? No, no.
0: It, I really like it. I wouldn't. Good. I wouldn't go otherwise. I would give up. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm only really doing it for me. And if I don't like it, why would I do it?
2: You know what's Good. cool? They make a gym for everything these days. If you want to do barre or you know boxing or you know CrossFit for whatever crazy reason, they, there's a gym for everything. So you should yeah, definitely be able to find. What makes you happy?
0: So the man who runs a triathlon, just called CrossFit Crazy, is I was going to say I joined a gym and I'm pretty sure I will never run a uh, triathlon.
2: Yeah, yeah, you want to stay away from a, tri- a triathlon. It's pretty, uh, pretty hard on the body. That once you've done, grueling, a, once you know? you've done a couple. Yeah, don't you think, That's Troy? That's grueling.
1: Yeah. That's grueling, man. Wow. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Have you done a triathlon,
1: a Troy? Oh come on. I don't Do know. What I look like I <laughs> No, how many I used many to run a little bit, and uh, James Park, our friend of all of us, he does really well. That guy's in the gym every morning, and I just need to be. I just i i i use it as an excuse that I'm too busy, but we should never be too busy for our health, you know.
0: Oh, the Rocco asked you how many restaurants you're running now. Oh, uh, 5, well, how
1: many? 14 restaurants right now.
2: That's definitely like very close to a up. Have you, ever, have you yeah. ever done the door in one, the line in another, and expedited in a third? That's very much like a triathlon.
1: I mean, you know how it is. I mean, we got into this because we love to cook, and now we're so busy. So whenever I do get to get on the line, it's always a lot of fun. It's like that. that's, that's like my adrenaline. I'm the adrenaline junkie like that. It's the best. I don't yell as much anymore, maybe because I'm older and wiser or or, or none of the above, but uh, kids as well.
0: Well, I I bet if you had a pedometer, you'd get a good 20,000 steps in in a day. So that's that's pretty good.
2: Yeah, I should wear one of those things. Are you into the step thing? I'm a big believer (coughs) in that. Uh, I I think they're great. Counting your steps, 10,000 steps is uh, when I advise clients on it, I tell them 10,000 steps is, you know, great. Daily yeah, I, I
0: have a, like a, a pedometer on my phone.
2: Yeah. What 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 is
1: that? Rock was that a mile? Two miles? I don't know.
2: Five five miles.
1: That's five miles. It's a lot. Cool.
2: Yeah. And if uh, if you have a Fitbit or the Apple Watch or just a phone these days, it'll it'll count for you. you you're probably not even aware that's already counting your miles. It'll give you daily daily counts and summaries. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I'll Have to get on that. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so, so Rocco, what is your new book about?
2: Uh, it was the when Raka I was describing. Home. What I cook at home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You so you did
0: that already. I meant to ask.
2: It's gonna you. be. It's gonna be. You know, broken down into main dishes that I like to eat at home, which are uh, crudos, pastas, crudos, pastas, and then shrimp, chicken, or beef dishes. Basically, so it'll, the table contents will read like you know a menu, essentially. Uh, I think when people cook at home they base they mostly prepare main courses, right don't you think yeah they're not really they're not really preparing soup salad side dishes, sandwiches, you know the typical table of contents I think is a little too much in in some ways and not enough in other ways
0: yeah i'm a I'm a one pot meal kind of
2: guy, yeah <laughs> yeah, and all my friends and everyone I talk to who request recipes you know they want to know how to make you know i't short ribs or something yeah short ribs or roast chicken or pasta spaghetti carbonara or you know they're not they're not asking me how you know how do do i make an appetizer a side dish you know a salad and a main right so you
0: you two have probably known each other for a while because you were both cooking in new york at the turn of the century did you meet back then
1: you know I don't think, I think we met at a couple of charity events, but I never knew Rocco in particular. I just knew of his restaurants and knew of him. <clears throat> I was at Roy's for a while and then uh, in New York. And then uh, after that, I left for Singapore, but James Park kind of got us back in touch or put us in touch and uh, Rocco's friends with him. And uh, we just thought it'd be kind of fun and cool to get Rocco out here and see if he wanted to do it and. He said he would love to give it a shot so uh, we put something together here and <clears throat> to get you know you know we want to introduce
2: fun things to the i think he was he was trying to location. describe how we got together through uh james park and right. actually originally through robin o'brien i don't know if you're aware of her but she's a former banker who's now an advocate for healthy eating and uh she talks a lot about allergens and food and we met on the healthy cookbook circuit.
0: Troy, why don't you tell us about how this, these two dinners got set up and what you're going to be doing?
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> Rock and I got on the phone and we talked about doing these two events here in Denver, showcasing him in this city, and the community, and what I asked him what he really wanted to do. Obviously, he's doing a lot of healthy stuff right now. Mm-hmm but uh, he said it would be fun to kind of do a decadent dinner at the, at the modern modern steakhouse garden grace. So he's going to be doing um, some really nice high-end uh, seafood dishes. And then we're going to play around and do some fun uh, canopies past apps at Los Chingones on the patio. So, you know, uh, one is about a $225 six course dinner. The other one is uh, um $75 for you know a ton of appetizers a ton of great drinks and on the patio so definitely both a little bit different but definitely both with lots of flavor and lots of uh you know great food
0: and is this a collaboration or is Rocco doing the
1: cooking or how's Yeah, no, Rocco uh, has got his dishes and I have my dishes. And uh, we're going to be set up at the Raw Bar at Garden Grace, where you've seen that before. Mm-hmm. And then over at Los Chingones, we'll be in the kitchen right there. And we've got the upstairs and downstairs. And, <clears throat> uh, you know, we're both doing our dishes and it's, it complements each other very, very well. And Garden Grace is high end. And the other one, like I said, is just really fun, uh, interactive food.
0: And what uh, what are the dates of these dinners?
1: June 14th is the Los Chingones dinner, and June 15th is the Garden Grace dinner.
0: And let's talk about the different uh, dishes you, you guys are planning on serving. Just, you know, a couple
2: of the... Sure, I'm drinks. doing... Uh, so for one dish I'm doing for both Garden Grace and Los Chingones is uh, what I call a kitchen sink crudo. And it's gonna be whatever fantastic seafood Troy can find me. It's usually bay scallops and tuna and uni. And then I, I top it with uh, either smoked brisket or chicharrones de puerto or something like that. I mix it up and there's like a spicy mayo, masago, a little a little bit of a TikTok inspired dish. it's Somewhat of a departure for me. As you know, Brett, all too well, my food is very, um, typically very clean, especially by today's terms, right? Uh, and then I'm doing a carnitas with an al pastor vibe on a bow instead of uh, a tortilla. Don't don't shoot me, Troy, but i uh, gonna try that, see how that works. And then I'm gonna bring back, uh, hopefully both for both events, but mostly for the Garden grace event, uh, sort of elaborate binge uh barbecue. So, uh, Troy, if you manage to find Benchoten, I'm doing the white oak, Japanese charcoal, and it'll be a pretty large assortment of, of uh, skewered, skewered foods, foods like chicken wings and quail breasts and you know uh, local peppers and onions and morels, hopefully, uh, with my homemade tare. And I'm gonna serve that in uh, Nori paper with rice and, and uh, different toppings and dipping sauces. I'm gonna serve it hand roll style. So I'm mixing up a whole bunch of uh, schools of thought, but it, it should be good.
0: Yeah. So, and binchotan, for people who don't know, is very, very hot Japanese charcoal, right?
2: Yes. It's white oak that you know only grows in a certain prefecture in Japan, and uh, it burns smokeless and and at a very high heat by high heat for a very long time. Uh, and typically, it's burned inside what's called a konro, which is a Ceramic or pottery, uh, pottery style um, grill. I guess, would, like for lack of a better know. term, it looks yeah yeah hibachi grill. It <laughs> it looks like a box, and it's made from uh, a very rich clay, and the clay keeps the temperature you know very consistent. It's a really fun way to cook. I I like it because one, um, it's super fast, so you can feed a lot of people with a very small grilling space. Uh, it adds a really lovely flavor, but it's nuanced. It's really nuanced, and uh, and it's just a great way to have fun. Skewers are always fun. Well,
0: and your flavors yeah. have, have always been lovely and nuanced when when you've been cooking, and in, it's funny you you say that your your kitchen sink Crudo is a departure, but it was reminding me of your very early on, tailor-based scallops. What was it with mustard oil, tomato water? Yes, yes, yes.
2: Yeah, but I feel like that is uh, that. By today's terms, that that was a simple dish, right? Uh, people are mashing up so so many cuisines now. Everything is a mashup of you know minimum three to five uh, techniques, you know, in, ingredients and in cuisines. So uh, I don't I don't know that any modern food is a mashup anymore. Everything is already, uh, in, you know, a, a little bit Japanese, a little bit Korean, a little bit Latin, a little bit Italian, a little bit French. I think this is a peak life moment for, for um, I guess, uh, what we used to think fusion to the third power, what we used to think fusion was to the third power.
0: Well, as I recall, the way that, well, I mean, I interviewed you, I don't know, in 1999 or 2000 or something ridiculous like that. And you talked about how your approach was to use ingredients based on how they tasted, rather where, than where they came from. So it was a more natural kind of, not fusion, but cooking based on your understanding of everything that was available to you. And you came up under Gray Coons, right? So it was a similar kind of approach.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's really good recall. Thank you for reminding me because that that explains it uh, explains it pretty well. Um, yeah. So so yeah the the whole food matrix sour salt sweet bitter that, that was sort of my foundation for cooking what what tasted good together regardless of where it came from or what the cuisine it was used in um, i just feel like and Brett you I'd love to know what you think from your point of view but it's that thinking is now um, sort of the primary colors of cooking and People have taken that kind of thinking and cubed it, and and everything is so. Uh, there's so much mashing up of, of cuisines, ingredients, and techniques now.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's mashing up for the sake of mashing up, or it, sure, it's sure
2: good. for sure, or it makes a great video, right? <laughs> it right, makes a great social media post. But I'm surprised more often than not when I see a social media post. I think, oh, that is either amazing or awful. I go seek it out. And a lot of times it's really good. And I, I'm usually baffled because it shouldn't be good. And and it seems like there's no limit anymore to how many, you know, idioms and ingredients and techniques and, and cultures you can pile on top of each other.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, and if it works, great. And if not, then yeah. please do something else. So. Uh- yeah, but I, like- I also like the idea of a chicken, a kitchen sink crudo because it means you get to use local, seasonal, whatever is available. Yeah,
2: and- yeah, that's true. Um, what are you, what are you guys getting, Troy? What am I going to find when I get there? I'm sure tuna should be no problem, right?
1: Yeah, if I'm meeting my chef an hour to go, I uh, had him uh, start it up, and then uh, we will oh. find. I like. I'll let you know if there's anything that uh, uh, we're not able to get, but uh, we'll go off that list and pretty excited about it.
2: <laughs> so so uh, Brett, what I'm going to do is arrive Sunday and then based on what, what Troy has been able to procure, just create, create the blend of, of fish and ingredients and toppings. But you know, when, when you have something like chicharrones or chopped up, really good chopped up smoked brisket, and you know, masago and sriracha mayo and uh, fried shallots and fried. You know, once you get into that world of toppings, everything tastes great. Everything seems to taste great yeah. underneath a pile of that stuff. Nori for kaki, uh, the tteokbokki and tuna. I did it recently for a dinner to support Ukraine relief efforts at Keste. I'm not, You probably know it, Brett. Um, Troy, you probably haven't been there because. It's fairly recent, but it's a great Italian pizzeria. And they all did traditional Italian food. This is my Italian group, and uh, I thought, let me not do Italian in this group <laughs> because they're they're all born in Italy, you know. Uh, and right. uh, I did the kitchen secret. It worked out great. It was literally teacher runners from uh, a Dominican store that one of my employees brought, and base scallops and tuna and masago. It was great. Can't wait to make it over.
1: Sounds
0: delicious, said, good, good textures. Rocky, you said that, that was totally
2: at, you said that was a Keste? Yeah, do you, remember, do you know Keste? Yeah, yeah, the,
0: uh, one of the early
2: Neapolitan- Neopause- yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, I think he, I, I'm not sure if he's early or late, but he definitely uh, knows his stuff and, and cooked in Naples, and his daughter happens to run one of the other great Neapolitan-style pizzerias, and he's got a wood-burning oven, and he's, and he's usually the, the, the center for all, uh, for this Italian chef group that I'm a part of. We're, you know, we usually end up in his place for most of our events.
0: Tell me about this group. What do you guys do? get together and
2: cook? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, we get together for uh, mostly fundraisers and cook. You know, everybody just sort of shows up and cooks Italian food and we don't really plan it in advance. And it's always great. It's it's uh, super fun. It's the it's the community of, of Italian American chefs of New York. Uh, there are many. If you look it up on IG, it'll, I'll find it on IG and send it to you. Um,
0: and Troy, what are some of the dishes that you're gonna prepare at these events?
1: <clears throat> so um, excited for Rocco's dishes and his uh, kind of Robata skewers and and uh like you said skewers are fun i think anything you eat with your hands is always kind of fun so having the bao buns and the skewers is going to be awesome i'm gonna do uh more on the meat side of things so i'm doing some squab um and i'm going to you know roast it lightly i'm going to take the livers and make a pate out of it and then we're going to take the leg and make a a tortellini or an agnolotti or something pasta out of it <clears throat> so that'll be all be on one dish with the squab jus and uh cherries that are in season and a little black garlic and then we're gonna do american wagyu and just you know lightly on the oak grill and um sliced with a, kind of a japanese daikon yuzu um vinaigrette <clears throat> and then we have to do Colorado rack of lamb. So, we're going to do one nice chop, and that's going to be a little bit Chinese style. So, I have like little American, European, um, Japanese, Chinese, you know, my kind of influences, and kind of like Rocco said, everything's kind of a, a mashup. But I, I feel like that's what America is. It's a melting pot right now. And, you know, American food is really, to me, everything. Um, and there's so many great international flavors and restaurants and people right now. So <clears throat> we'll do the Colorado rack of lamb, Chinese style, and um, then we're gonna do some mignardises as the dessert. Not really a dessert because it's a big six courser, but just little uh petit four mignardises at the end, uh, macaroons, uh, jellies, cookies, tarts, etc., things like that. And then as far as the Mexican uh, Los Chingones, um, you heard a couple of Rocco's dishes. I'm going to do my more plant-based because I got inspired from what Rocco's doing right now. So we're going to do three plant-based dishes. One is going to be soy chorizo on a Mexican pizza. And I can't remember the other two off the top of my head. I apologize. I think we're doing Tyndall chicken something like that i can't remember uh sorry about that brett
0: all right i I wouldn't expect to remember every single thing that you're cooking that would be weird but you said you have to do and then we'll get you a menu
2: obviously yeah i'll see
0: the menu um you said you have to do colorado lamb does everybody expect that if you're in colorado you have to have colorado lamb these days or are they sponsoring you
1: Uh, I mean, I don't think so, but I, to me, I live here. <clears throat> I don't see it a lot, I think, because the cost is high. Right. And I think it's a pretty special dish, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to share it.
0: That makes sense. Well, I was just talking to somebody. Since so I grew up in Colorado, someone was asking me if we just ate Colorado lamb all the time when I was growing up. And I don't think we ever <laughs> once ate lamb. We were...
1: Well, it was funny because... I was at a Rockies game yesterday, and um, I couldn't believe it. They had this grill, this uh, stall there, and they were selling Rocky Mountain Oysters. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <It's pretty laughs> at the unbelievable. baseball game. I don't know how many they sell, but they had them there. Who was, who was buying that? that's what i mean i don't know i don't even know if they sell it but but they had them on the menu i was like wow that's pretty ballsy but uh who that's knows ballsy.
0: uh that sounds like something for the gram but but um yeah, baseball field sure. home of the seattle mariners used to have grasshopper oh. on they might still and it sold surprisingly well they told me probably mostly for the shock wow house, but uh but maybe you know there's a large Hispanic community, maybe.
2: In, in You know, I've had I've had both, and I would say, uh, by order of magnitude, grasshopper far less disgusting. Definitely oh. better eat than yeah, Rocky that... Mountain oysters. I'm sorry, Troy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if it's a think dish or not, but there's no reason to be eating that. You know when I, I know.
0: Whenever I've had them, they've been breaded and fried and they taste like something breaded and fried. But you know, the psychology of, of eating bull testicles is something. Well
1: I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you the funny thing is is that I don't think I ever had them until about five, six years ago. My wife's from South Dakota, her family is owns a ranch. They're big, big cattle people. And so they, they freaked out that I had never had them, so they pulled them out of the freezer, and we kind of cut them up, and they made this breading and had this sauce with them, and oh my God, I'm going to have to tell you, they were pretty tasty, so I'm going to have to take oh, bread quiet. and rock with a South Dakota to eat oh, some balls.
2: All right. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll just uh, reset my palate and try it again. Maybe the last, time, the last person <laughs> to prepare them for me didn't know what they were doing. I, I, do like I, I do like, I do like, couldn't that. believe it.
1: Sorry, you were saying- You that? can't have them too big. I don't think big is better in this sense. They're a little smaller and really close <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: Well, it does depend on where you get them because as I understand it, a lot of them are imported from South America from like Argentina. And there they castrate the bulls and turn them into steers at an older age, so it's a, a tougher, a tougher experience. It's more more uh, leathery and has more of a, a liver-like flavor <laughs> than in the U.S. when we, we castrate our bulls at the younger age.
1: All right, I'm gonna have to get maybe Rocco can uh, cook some on his skewers on his beacheton or something.
2: Uh, <laughs> you know what I? You know what I'm psyched about cooking on skewers is Colorado lamb. I've I've had it. Um, most of my life in New York so I'm hoping uh, it'll be a slightly different experience out there I imagine it, it should be better it should be better right
1: oh my gosh it is It is. I really think it's everybody talks about it and I don't think a lot of people have really had it because they always talk about New Zealand or Australian the eyes are smaller it's a little bit more gamey here it is just fantastic have you been to Denver before Rocco?
2: I have, yeah, I, I, for a few different reasons, from fly fishing, for extreme weight loss, uh, a TV show that I was a coach on, and for uh, some other chef-y things. Um, and uh, I don't remember eating lamb, which is too, too bad. I've been putting Colorado lamb on menus for 25 years, and so I think it's the best as well.
0: Remember when you go running in Colorado, that you're in Denver, you're at a mile high, so the... Uh...
2: I'm not going to be running, uh, except behind the line. I'll be running back there a little bit. I just, I don't want to bring the paddles, Troy.
0: Yeah, I don't. Right? You, yeah. I don't want you to think that you've suddenly gone out of
2: shape when you get winded
0: easily <laughs> at, at a mile. It can be psychological. I remember.
2: right. it! I told my sous chef we're going to be at a very high altitude. To make sure it brings the nitric glycerin. So we're uh, we're ready.
1: Good. You know what's fu- you know what's funny is. Uh, not that I'm out of shape, but no, I'm not as in shape as like James Park. It doesn't matter where I'm at. And you probably remember, Brett, like I can walk up two flights of stairs and be like, "Who that was, that was a lot. It's, it's weird how it fluctuates really here. I, I'd like to see Rocco. We're going to run you up a couple flights and see what happens. <laughs> oh, you know what?
2: Something just came up. I'm going to have to cancel. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I can't do stairs anymore. I don't do the stairs. You're gonna bring me, uh, make me have uh, wrestling nightmares. We used to do stairs. to train for wrestling when I was in, in the, re- oh, on the wrestling no team. Oh no! Really? Yeah. yeah, Well You're not gonna, well, you're not gonna have... jump on my shoulders, are you?
1: No, we just have an office on the second floor. So other than that, we're all
2: flat. Got it. Got it. Got it. it, it. <laughs> wow! Well, Thanks. So last time, I was, in also... last time I was in Denver. That was that was. Um, taken to a few restaurants and seemed like a really vibrant incredible cooking scene there this is now five years ago so so four years ago i mean
1: i think it's i think it's pretty hot i mean i came here 20 years ago and since then you know lachlan is james beard jennifer alex we've had a lot of great chefs a lot of good um concepts i'm excited to take you around to see some of the local uh, cuisine here.
2: I can't wait. That's yeah. awesome.
0: It's a fun And we have a minute and 19 seconds left. So I'm I'm just gonna thank both of you for taking the time, hanging out with me on our Buggie's Zoom. Thank
2: you so much, Brett. Great to talk to you. Likewise. Brett, right,
1: you're always, you're always uh, the man. Uh, you're always in on everything. So thanks again for having us on.
0: Thanks for joining me, and uh, I hope to see you both in real life sometime soon.